I want to just look a wee bit this morning at um, what on earth is God up to? Um, what, what, what on the earth is God up to? What is his plan on the earth? And um, the, the cool thing is he hasn't kept that secret from us. Um, so I want to start with just a little bit of background on some of what he's up to on the earth, some of what he always has been up to, and, um, uh, and, and a few things he, I think he wants to speak to us today. Um, so I, I, was, I was just preparing during the week, and I just sat down with God and like, okay, so I'm talking on Sunday, and someone had um, posted something on Facebook about um, the uh, preaching and ministering and doing things out of uh, ministry coming out of the overflow, you know? And I'm like, all oh, right, okay, so I'm not feeling very full right now, God. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, okay, right, okay then, son, you're not. I'm like, no. So he's like, so, so who does the filling? And uh, who says you're not that full? And uh, he, he just totally pulled me up. I'm like, okay. So he spoke to me about um, the filling of the Holy Spirit. So um, I, I want to look at a little bit of that this morning as well. And... Um, uh, see what he wants to do. So, this, the mistake is to imagine that God's got this plan like way over there, up in heaven, and he's going to do it one day. And um, folks talk about God moving and folks talk about revival and, and you know, the things happening and the, the presence of God rising and stuff like that happening. And like waiting for God to do it from heaven. Like as if we are like passers-by or we are like passive in it and just watching him, you know? Um, but actually his plan's a little bit different than that. Um, he's, he's not really going to work out a lot of it without us. So um, you and me, that's, that's his plan. Um, okay. Um, what happened is Jesus um, decided it was a great idea to disappear and leave us without him. And that was part of God's plan. So God had this amazing plan to, to be with us and to send Jesus, Emmanuel, God on earth. We'll come and have God with people. That sounds great. And then Jesus is like, actually, guys, I'm going to be off soon. And they're like, eh? Um, it's going to be better if I go. Um, and uh, he said, it's better if I go because Holy Spirit's going to come. And um, one thing I was thinking about um, Holy Spirit and his significance in what God's doing is that, um, you know the whole um, male and female thing and the whole like um, equality and women in church leadership and different things like that? So I don't know what sort of background you've come from, but we believe in women being equal to men and women having roles of leadership and things in church, which is kind of a wee aside, but yeah, hey, I'm so glad about that. <laughs> um, so, um, God said that he made man in his image, male and female, he made them. Now, um, you can't totally put Jesus and Father and Holy Spirit into boxes, but some people talk about how, like, fathers, like, a male figure type of thing, yeah? And men are a bit like the father, and, well, they, they are in a way, yeah? So you can't, so that's okay. See, And some folks say the attributes of God that are in Holy Spirit is, can be quite female, right? No, you can't 
like just put people in boxes and say, well, you're like this, you're like that, and this is, so male is, boom, female is, and this is, and Holy Spirit, and Jesus, and Father. But it's an interesting parallel, I think, in the fact that women haven't always felt completely equal and haven't always had this role, same role of importance as men around church world. And then you look at Holy Spirit. Has Holy Spirit had this same role of importance and equality? Or is it Father and then, like, kind of Holy Spirit? So it just, it just got me thinking as, like, we're pressing in for this whole equality of the importance of and significance of Holy Spirit as an equal to Father and to Jesus. And the whole, like, Godhead is God. But, like, so, so that means my relationship with the Father and my relationship with Jesus and my relationship with Holy Spirit wants to be of equal significance and importance in my life. So it's like, it's all God. It's like, what do you mean? You can't break them up. I don't know what you were brought up with. You might have not been brought up with anything if you weren't around church world and that, you know. Well, I know. I was just thinking that and it didn't come up my mouth. I was just thinking, yeah, it might be good if you were. It depends what experience you had, yeah? It's great to have inheritance, though. Come on, you know, let's, let's honour and, and bless where we've come from and what we've got. It's just sometimes not always been the fullness, right? Um, so, um, so what I'm saying is you might have been brought up and you might have prayed, like, um, prayed to Father or you might have prayed to Jesus or you probably didn't pray to the Holy Spirit or, you know, so... You might have been used to a, a relationship with a certain dynamic, with a certain part of God, with an aspect of God, more focused on Father or Jesus or Holy Spirit. And I make a guess, usually it's less focused on, on Holy Spirit. Um, but what, what God's wanting to do is um, be with us, inhabit the earth, um, and um, for the earth to be filled with his glory. Um, if we look at one thing he, he said in Habakkuk 2, he said, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And as far as I remember, last time I preached, I think that's what I finished with. Um, and it's interesting that um, Jesus, when he taught on, um, well, let me, let me rewind every second, get back into my notes here. Yeah, we don't sit back and wait and watch for that to happen. It's already happening, and God is involving us in it, right? Um, let me look at some of what, what happened for, for, uh, for this plan. When Jesus came and he said, actually, I'm going, and he died on the cross, he said, it's finished, right? Um, and he said the Holy Spirit would come and the Holy Spirit would be poured out, and then it acts. Um, the Holy Spirit was poured out and the apostles quoted Joel saying the, pour, the, the Spirit will be poured out on all flesh on the earth. So is this pouring out a little bit like the waters covering the seas being poured out? Um, and Jesus said, those who believe streams of living water will flow from within. Um, so I kind of want to suggest that we are the hose pipes for this outpouring for the glory to cover the face of the earth. Um, what, what Jesus did when he died was, well, what did he do? Loads of stuff. Um, but what, ha- what happened when he died? Well, one of the things that happened is the curtain was torn from top to bottom, 
right? It was a really beautiful curtain. You didn't, you didn't want it. The Jews wouldn't have wanted it messed with, you know? And God decided that beautiful curtain, gone. Um, I'm not sh- quite sure what happened after that. As far as we know, it's not in the Bible. We think maybe they sewed it back up because they did carry on some of the rituals after that. But there's, nothing, there's not much in the Bible about that. It just says, listen, this curtain was torn. What was happening is God was doing away with this old covenant, this old ritualistic way of doing things, this, this way where one priest would go in and make atonement for the sin of the people and deal with that for the people. And then this was Jesus going and dealing with that once for all, saying we don't need that ritual anymore. Um, what, what the enemy wants to do is to keep us in the old covenant rituals um, that might not look like going into a temple and, and doing stuff, but um, I want to look a little bit about the significance of that curtain being ripped today. Um, you see, what was behind the curtain? This was the Ark of the Covenant and the glory of God, the Holy of Holies. So this was inside the temple where, and we read about the temple being built and then the temple being destroyed, then being rebuilt and lots of different things like that. And interestingly, this is what Jesus talked about with him. But the, the temple was the place where it was a place of encounter with the glory of God. And then Jesus says, actually, you guys are the temple. Because Acts came, Pentecost came, and the fire came and like tongues of fire above their heads, signifying the Holy Spirit coming, signifying actually, you guys, the, 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 the pillar of fire came over the tabernacle, the place, the meeting place of God. God was saying, do you know what? You guys, are, you guys are the meeting place of God. You guys are the dwelling place of God. And Jesus said in John 14 um, that he was talking about what's going to happen when I go and Holy Spirit will come. And he was talking to his disciples and saying, listen, um, he was talking about anyone who believes in me, streams of living water will flow. And he also said that anyone who obeys my commands, um, who loves me, we will love him and we will come and make our home in him. So we being like Father and Holy Spirit and Jesus will come and make our home inside the dwelling place of, of, of God. Um, now what happened, because I was saying like I think that the glory of God covering the earth is like we are the hose pipes for that. So where am I getting that from? Well, I'm kind of taking that from a couple of things. The, the temple, when, when people um, experience the glory of God, that was an encounter with the glory of God. And when, when you read about that in, um, what one am I thinking of? Um, it's gone from me what verse it is. But there's a bit where the, the people are worshipping and they worship saying, oh, there we go, that's fair. They worship saying that the, um, uh, God is good and his mercy endures forever. And mercy is translated mercy, kindness, or goodness, depending on where it is in the Bible. It's the same, it's the same sense in the word. So they, they had an encounter with the glory of God. The same as Moses said, God, show me your glory. And what happened? God caused the goodness to pass before him. So people encountering the glory of God, the goodness of God, is happened through the temple. And we are the temple, like on our own and together. And see, this is why stuff at Love Glasgow is really great, because 
we all get to come together as a community, as the collective temple of God, and people actually encounter his goodness, yes. they encounter his presence. They might get their face painted and, and have some fun, but they sometimes have no idea what, what, what they've, they've actually had an encounter of. And we get to say, hey, this is, this, this is, this is God, you know? So last year I had, we went along, just hung out as a family with my kids. I, I hadn't signed up to loads or to do much because I was with the kids. But we kind of milled in and out with people and chatted and did various things. And, and the atmosphere, like the guys were saying, was great because the worship just coming and setting that atmosphere, the presence of God, we are there together, whatever you're there together, there I will manifest myself to you. said, Jesus, I'll, I'll be there. Um, so that atmosphere, people just sitting around, hanging around, just loving it, not really wanting to go, just sitting around for ages, um, not really knowing why. Um, so um, my wee girl, Sarah, she um, uh, drew some pictures for people. So she drew a picture for a lady, and she didn't go and uh, give it on her own. Um, she went with somebody, and um, in fact, I think she was with you, Freddie, wasn't she? Um, so Freddie and Sarah went up to this lady and gave this picture and said, listen, here's a picture. I think this is some of what God's saying. And this, this lady, um, she just burst into tears and just said, how did you know that? Like, this is what's going on in my life. And God just spoke security and clarity into her life and peace. And she was like, oh, yeah, I used to go to church in another country and I've just come here and, like, you know, I'm in this really, really difficult place. And... So you just said, well, here, this is what God wants to say to you, and, you know. Um, and that's the kind of reason why when I was talking to the, the kids in one of the kids' groups and asking them what prophecy is all about, the first answer I got was, prophecy is about making people cry. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was like, okay. Well, yeah, that's a start, yeah. Let's <laughs> you know? Um, so it's just great fun unpacking that with them. But just this encounter of the goodness of God is through us in loads of different ways, prophecy, worship, everything. You know, so all that stuff these guys had up there um, is just different ways to, to connect with people. So this temple, this, this encounter, this was the way, this was the connection point with, with heaven. This was the connection point to the spiritual realm. So We've heard about things like Jacob's ladder and Jacob had this encounter where he lay down to sleep with his head in a rock. He must have been a right hard nut guy, do you know what I mean? Like, there must have been, like, no, no soft pillow, no, no nothing. It's like, there's a rock. I'll stick my head in that. That'll do me, like, a real warrior. So, um, anyway, so he sticks his head in the rock. And, um, but then he has this encounter. And he says, surely this is like the meeting place of God. You know, surely God was here. And he saw the angels ascending and descending and he had this encounter. So there are these encounters that, that, that God gives and there are these like open heavens moments that we talk about. So um, what, <clears throat> what God is saying is we are the dwelling place. We, we are the connection point with, with heaven for people. Um, we're always pointing them to him. We're, we're not saying, oh, this is me and my gift and everything else. What we're doing is we're giving people an encounter with God that points them to connection with him. So, so what are the like, characteristics of heaven then? If the temple was a dwelling place and it was a, see, it was a copy of heaven. If you read Hebrews, 
um, which it takes a little bit of time to read through and kind of follow what was going on and get a biblical understanding. You know, if you don't read the Bible lots, I want to encourage you to, to read it lots because you actually get a lot from it, right? I'm no bi- Bible scholar, as you can probably tell. Um, thank you. That's okay. I don't need to be a Bible scholar. But I enjoy getting to grips with bits of the Bible. I enjoy looking up. I cheat. I use things like blueletterbible.com. And you can click on a verse and it brings up the original Hebrew or Greek or depending on what bit of the Bible. And you can look and go, oh, right, that's what that word is. And oh, that word's like actually translated five different ways. And it really means more like this. And it's really interesting, um, depending on what translation you, you read. So to go back to the original, it's great. Um, but if you read through Hebrews, it talks about the, the things that were in the temple and the, the pattern that Moses was given was a copy of the things in heaven. Um, so basically saying, here is, your, here is your experience on the earth of heaven behind this curtain, you know? Um, so he's saying, here on earth is the experience of, of heaven through us. Um, Okay. John 17 was this um, prayer that Jesus prayed um, for his disciples, but for us as well. Um, I want to just look at a little bit of that because it talks about God's glory and stuff. Jesus spoke these words. It's from the beginning of John 17, sorry. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this eternal life that they may know you, the only one, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Man, that takes a bit of unpacking. And then skipping down to verse 20. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Any of them here? Okay, it's me, right. That they all may be one as you father and are in me and i in you that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me i have given them that they may be one just as we are one i in them and you in me that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. So that's kind of confirming this glory thing again, that he's, he's given us his glory and he's releasing his glory. But the point is, the point is love. Yes. I think, see, God said something to me this week. He's like, I think that we... I think we've got like way more already than we realize because it's saying there, you know, God, Jesus is saying, I have given them my glory and God is in us 
And sometimes what we do is we do this nasty thing like comparing ourselves to other people or comparing ourselves to what we think it should look like, to what we think something should look like, like God coming. What does God coming look like? Well, sometimes it looks like me right now eating my cornflakes, you know? Um, Sometimes we think that um, it needs to look somehow special or right or like this thing we heard about over here um and and actually what god's saying is we have his presence already he we are the dwelling place and we are a living encounter we are a connection point with heaven we're a connection point with the goodness of the father and the love of the father and jesus and holy spirit and father have come and made their home in me and actually, it's so much easy, easier to just have an encounter or a connection with the love of God and his goodness and for people to experience his glory than we sometimes realize. Um, so what we do is we hear about some amazing thing that happened and we think, it's got, it's got to look like that for me, you know? Um, now, I love all these crazy, amazing stories. But some, sometimes when I've seen something amazing happen, like when we think of something, we think like, well, like a healing or a miracle or something, yeah? Sometimes that is what God does. Um, and I'm thinking of times when I've prayed for someone to be healed and I've seen something amazing happen. It's not always been like I've been feeling like, oh yeah, whoa, and I'm seeing all these angels in the room and I'm sensing Jesus and there's the fire over there. And, you know, um, and now I'm, I'm feeling my hands are on fire and I'm ready to pray for this person and see them healed. It's not always been like that. Sometimes it's just like, well, here's this person that has got some problem or some illness or some whatever and I'm just like hey can I pray for you and sometimes I'm like no well okay fine sometimes like hey yeah that'd be great okay cool pray for you and something happens and the the the, the pain goes or they get better or they can do something they couldn't do before and that's happened with me and quite often it's just felt like normal it's it's not been this like fancy thing I haven't fasted for four days before you know um I haven't had like gold dust on my hands I haven't now all these things are really cool <clears throat> and they they are an experience of the glory of God in the earth and that kind of stuff like we're going from glory to glory there's more and more and more being poured out all the time so we can expect on my own and together we can expect more and more and more encounter um, but sometimes encounters like simple sometimes encounter you put your hands on somebody and they uh, they experience God, um, and the Spirit is poured out. Um, it's like so. If God's love, the Spirit being poured out, it's like liquid love. And there are times I've I've prayed for people, and um, they've just been like, "Wow!" Like, and you can just tell they're totally wasted, for a want of a better word. They're totally, you know, they're affected deep somewhere inside that they don't have words to explain, and sometimes try and use words and don't always have them like oh i just feel uh, I, I just feel amazing you know um if there's somebody who's used drugs in the past oh it's a bit like that only better you know um it affects people on the inside um so if we are the dwelling place of god we're a place of freedom because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. 
So I think the presence of God and freedom and, and truth are really important. Jesus said that the, uh, the truth will set you free. And when he talked about the Holy Spirit coming, he said, he'll remind you of all things and he'll lead you in all truth. So um, I got this kind of sense, I got this kind of picture, which if I had a, a whiteboard to draw on in here, see when we get a building, I want a big whiteboard on it, yeah? One of these really cool electronic whiteboards and stuff, that's what I want. Um, I didn't have time to faff around and make a PowerPoint for it. Then. So, but you can imagine, right? So, is this, am I going to mess this up if I go back here? No, I'm not, it's working. Okay, so you've got this area up here, like this bit, this bit of window pane here, right? And you've got the presence of God and freedom um, here. And then, um, that's wanting to, that the fullness of the presence of God, God's wanting to encounter, us to encounter all that. So, this is kind of like pouring down all the time for us to encounter. And here we are encountering it, but we're not always encountering all of it, right? So there's, I feel like sometimes there's this like filter, this bit here, and only some of the presence and the freedom and everything kind of gets through. And that filter can be um, our beliefs, expectations, lies, so we've got a few lies dotted here. So bits are getting down through it, but we're not always experiencing the fullness of his presence, his love, his freedom. Um, so, because Jesus said that all who believe, it's, it's, it's really as simple as that. It's as simple as, as, as believing. But um, this, this, this filter sometimes... Um, limits our experience of the presence and the goodness and the love and, and the freedom. Um, and actually, I want to suggest that while um, things like inner healing and sorting out lies and, and thoughts and expectations and beliefs and finding them inside of us, I mean, that's really important. Really, really important. So it's not just, well, that bunch of navel-gazing guys over there that are into all that stuff and, you know, and I want to go and change the world over here. We've all got different personalities. Some of us are naturally more introspective than others, yeah? Um, but I just want to say that that whole idea of looking and taking time and saying what is, not navel-gazing, but, you know, is, is there anything going on in here and in here that I'm thinking or believing that isn't true um, that I need to kick out and replace with the truth? But... Having said that, I also want to suggest it's really, really easy um, to experience more. See, what, what God said to me is actually the, see, what Dish was singing this morning was great. This like open, the gates open for us to experience more. I, I feel something God's been saying to me is there's more freedom there, like for you to experience that's like already there. So, he was saying to me, do you know, you're free from some of these lies and different things and you've replaced it with truth and it's just like, it's just like a bit of a stepping out and I keep having these weird encounters when I'm, I'm kind of lying in my bed sometimes and what's happening is I, I feel, it, it's a bit difficult to describe but I almost feel like me is just being like opened and there's this like space in front of me. So what God's been saying to me is that it's like he's been opening me up 
to a full encounter with him and to, to a deeper, more full connection. He's been opening up my life more. Um, and he's, he's always working in our hearts in terms of what we believe and um, in terms of our like, levels of trust with him. Um, and I, th- I think that our level of trust in him, I think, is really key in all this. Because if you look at back at one of the first times when the water covered the earth, well, there wasn't really like rain before Noah. Was there? I don't think. So the Bible talks about like the rain coming and filling and the waters covering the earth. And it says that Genesis 7, I think it is, that the waters covered all the high places. So I think there's a real authority thing in this as well um, for, for us. But my point with Noah is that the waters came and, and rose and what did that all come out of? Where did Noah come out of? It says Noah was a righteous man and all that, right? Um, he had a huge level of trust in God. God told him to build a boat when there wasn't any water. And he went and did it. I mean, that's like, that's the crazy levels of trust. You know, despite stuff round about him. He didn't have anyone round about him encouraging him. Oh, good man, Noah, yeah, doing what God's, you know. We've got people round about us encouraging us most of the time. And if you don't have, find some. I'm serious. Find some people and ask for encouragement. So, but Noah didn't have it. So he's got all these, like, the, 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 God was wanting to wipe out everybody in the face of the earth because of the evil and the, bad, the stuff that was going on. Uh, so, but, but Noah didn't decide it was his job to sort all that out either. And I think that's um, something that's important for us. When you watch the news and there's all this mess in the world and there's people who really need God, who really need healing, who really need... I mean, if, if you look at... Um, it's, it's a lie... So I'm just going to move this around again. There we go. Um, it's, it's a lie to think that, it's, that the whole earth is our responsibility. So Jesus said, go and make disciples. I've given you authority. So that's not our responsibility. So Jesus came to reveal glory on the earth and, and, and do everything. But he went and like partied with his pals while there was people out there needing healing. He didn't like, so he did, he went through the, he's the example of ultimate sacrifice, but yet he was quite happy to have a good party while there was people out there needing healing and needing help and there's a lot of need in the world and sometimes you come across people who are overwhelmed by that and um, Jesus said, listen, I I, I want... um, my joy to be complete in you. He, he was a guy who knew how to be happy. God's a happy God. So when you're finding people who are like struggling to be happy because of all the stuff that's going on round about, oh man, and they watch the news a lot and they're like, oh, you know. Um, and they're emotionally overwhelmed. Um, now, there's different personalities. Some people are more moved by things and automatically more compassionate with things. It's important not to throw that out. Yeah, and not to say, oh, well, you know, oh, you know, you need to just be more happy, whatever. But what I'm talking about is I'm talking about um, if there are people who are consistently overwhelmed is probably a good word by it. And that normally points to the fact that there, there's probably some pain from their own life that is 
not been processed yet and therefore needs to be expressed and come out. And what's happening is there's something going on there that looks painful. I'm using pain as one example of emotions. It could be others as well. And then, um, then there's, there's a, a, an outlet for the emotions that they're feeling. And people sometimes get stuck in emotions and need to actually process some of that with God. Um, so we should never, so while there's tons of need in the, in the world, and Jesus was moved with compassion, like, and brought to tears, he wasn't going about in tears all the time. He was, he was happy and, and joyful. Um, so the enemy wants is limited, like down here, having a limited experience of, of um, presence and freedom and love. Um, and, and I think that, like Noah was a good example, as I say, in, in trust in God. And what I was saying earlier was it's, it's much easier than I think. There's all the inner healing stuff, but actually sometimes it's just saying, do you know, the truth will set you free. That's true. And saying, I, I am free. Um, and sometimes just like speaking it over yourself and just sitting down with God and thinking, yeah, d- like dwelling on the truth. Um, it, it's actually incredibly powerful just to sit down and agree with God. Just say, okay. Um, and it's a condition of the heart, really. It's just like it's an openness of your heart. It's what God's been doing in me. He's been like shaping me. And I've had this like soft heart towards him. Because um, it's a relationship. And I know from Joanna keeps saying, I keep using examples of her when I'm preaching and it'd be good to let her know in advance and I haven't done that. I'm sorry, darling. All I was going to say, though, is in marriage, it's a relationship. And we talk about stuff, and John's like, hey, Andy, this isn't working out so well for me. Like this, um, you know, the way that you said that, or the way you prioritized this, or what happened there. Or it's a relationship that we're out working. And I've been challenged. I've had to change, like, really, really deeply sometimes. I've been like, whoa. That, I thought that this was okay, and it's like, well, actually, I need to change here. And, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm sorry, and I have a soft heart, and, you know. So that's what's happening with um, a relationship with God, is this, like, deep trust. Um, and then from that flows fruit automatically. So Ezekiel's river that flows from heaven, um, the momentum is from heaven, um, the, the source is, is heaven. And there are different depths of levels in this river that you, you go through. And you get to a certain depth where you would be out of your depth. You, you would no longer have your feet on the ground. Like, if you've ever walked in a river, then you actually, you know, you can feel it. And you get to a point where your feet are swept up. You're no longer in control. So this trust thing in God in like the depth of his love and his goodness and experiencing him. It's like, it's just this trust where we choose how deep we go. We keep stepping deeper and until our feet come off the ground. Um, but I think the encounters with God um, is, in my experience, and just encounters with his love. He really loves us. He really, really loves us. 
And believing he really loves us enables us to experience more of this freedom up here. That's, that's the core issue, I think, really, is does he love us? And when we know that he loves us, we expect to, to get good from him. We expect to experience him. But if we're not sure if, if he loves us, then we don't, we don't always expect that. So it affects our experience of his presence. See, we don't need to hold back from him. Um, we don't need to say, well, this person over here can have it. They've got a right to it. I, I don't. Um, and, and doing that comparison. Um, God spoke to someone in the kids group actually last week about that really clearly about not comparing ourselves to other people. Um, Jesus made us righteous. He gave us a right. You know, we gave us all the right to become children of God. So it's done. It's finished. Um, if, if I say I've finished washing the dishes, I don't put them back in the bowl and start again. I've finished. It's done. They're, they're, they're clean. They're on there. They're dry. They're ready to use. They're ready to enjoy. It's done. It's like sometimes some folk, never me, of course, <laughs> if you're trying to help somebody else, see if you get a pal that. Um, you know, some of us put Jesus back in the cross, you know, sew the curtain back up, carry on the ritual. It's like we're free. He loves us. We're free to experience all the, the goodness, the love, the freedom his presence that's there for us. There isn't a limit. There actually isn't a limit. It's not like we've, we've got more to experience when we get to heaven. Well, we kind of do, but actually the amount that we can experience them now, there, there isn't anything between us. There isn't. Um, we don't need to tear open the heavens. The heavens have been torn open already. Um, what, I think, what I think my job is really is just to have an open heart to God and to let him do what he wants in me and to just totally be abandoned to him. See, some of the craziest encounters that I've had in my life have been times when I've sat down and I've, and I've prayed something like this. God! That kind of time, like, when I'm just like, I, I'm not doing anything special. I'm not performing at all. I'm just like, God, hello, I need you. Hello, help. Hello, God. And one of the times I remember me and Joanna sitting down doing that on the sofa, we were like, God, we need you. God, we just need you. God. And that was basically how it went for about 45 minutes. And those angels came and stood in front of us. And it was crazy. I've never had an experience like that in my life. And it was so powerful. But that was just out of this place of like desperation and out of this like hey here we are I was not performing at all I wasn't doing anything I hadn't been fasting I had you know so basically what God wants us to know and remember is there's a lot of freedom there and sometimes just by saying do you know what I like I agree with you um, that, that you love me and that the fullness of freedom and the fullness of your presence is, is there for me. You know, Noah was a righteous man, but it's not about getting it all right. It's about our hearts just being, not thinking that we've got it all right. It's about our hearts just being towards, towards him. Um, it's like a radical trust, a radical love. Um, 
I, I think, just to finish, I wanted to give one example of that, which was in Acts 16 when Paul ends up in jail. You know the one where the heavens shake and he gets out of jail? Well, we know that bit, but he didn't know that bit when he went in. And we're like, oh, he's worshipping in jail. And you can kind of imagine, oh, yeah, that's really cool, he's worshipping in jail. F- forget the story, what happened. They were beaten with rods. That, 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 this is not fun. This doesn't look good. Their circumstance did not look like God loved them. And he's worshipping. He's got a level of trust and connection. He's just agreeing with heaven. I'm just agreeing with you, God. This does not look like it. See, if we compare ourselves to other people or look at our circumstances, we're always saying, well, I get God, I guess you love me because everything is going okay right now. Um, and it's not. It's like, God, you love me no matter what it looks like it's going like right now. Have a read at Acts 16. It didn't look pretty for them. And they're just like worshipping. They are being the encounter on the earth. Because when you encounter God, you worship. When you worship, you encounter God. No wonder like worship is like quite an intensive pastime in heaven. Like, you know, and why worship is so key for us. Um, And even if you're like, I don't know if I'm like a worshipper or whatever, it's like, well... Get yourself along at that worship school in summer. You'll like, do you know, you, you'll, you'll benefit from learning more about worship and what it means to, to, to connect with God and, and have that whole lifestyle. So, so I'm going to finish there, but I'm just, I'm just going to pray. Why don't you stand? And put your hand in your heart. Let's pray. Father, we, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, we love you. Holy Spirit, we, we want a deeper connection with you. We want you to be equal in our, in our experience and relationship with you. And, um, and you've said that there's more freedom there for us. There's more of your presence to encounter. And it's just a normal part of our life to encounter you and experience you and demonstrate your goodness to people. Oh, so we just welcome you doing more in us doing more in us this week in the normal times. And we just, we just choose to have a soft heart to you. Say, do you know, it's not about us um, getting everything right. It's not about us, like, reaching, reaching you. It's about what you've already done. And we just declare we are a, a living encounter on the earth. Thank you, Father, that you have made us a living encounter and that you love us. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Amen.